Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Amen. All right. It's good to see everyone here this morning. We are going to... Uh, have a time in the Word very quickly. And then we're going to have our Vision Sunday where I'll share um, our vision for the year and the subsequent year and share some thoughts with you. We've done our Wisdom for Living. How many of you enjoyed that series? How many of you got wiser after that? You don't want me to ask the second one, right? <laughs> Praise God. And um, this month of February, we are going to go through a theological series. And um, so I'll lead, I'll, I want you, first of all, to pay very close attention. And afterwards, make sure that before every service, can, can my mic come down a little bit, just a little bit? Before every service, you go through your notes again so you can catch up with what we're trying to share on and to teach. Now, um, praise God. That's, that's a bit too low. Praise the name of the Lord. All right? Can you come up a bit? All right. Okay, praise God. Let's, let's go with that. So, let, let's pray uh, and get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your Word. In Jesus' mighty name. How many of us have heard this phrase, the Great Commission? Have you heard that phrase before? Have you ever heard the phrase, the Great Commission? Right. I, I, I want to, throughout this month, look at that concept of the Great Commission. First of all, looking at it from the perspective of, is the church... Omitting the Great Commission. Are we, has the Great Commission become the Great Omission? Are we omitting it? Something that the Lord asks us to do, have we, as a church, decided not to obey that command? Now, uh, many times when you ask Christians, what is the Great Commission? They'll quickly run to Matthew and says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the Great Commission. <clears throat> That's very correct. But then, did the Great Commission of God start in the Old Testament? Does God have a plan? And as a minister of the gospel and as a teacher of God's word, I am getting more concerned every day because 
when we take the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we don't seem to know that God has a plan. So every time we pick the Bible, the question we always ask ourselves is, what is in this book for me? It's almost like God was created for our pleasure. God wasn't created, but it's almost like He was created for our pleasure. So, our meetings are about us. Our teachings are about us. And we almost forget that from Genesis, God had a plan. So, the first thing I want to talk about in this service, very briefly, is the Great Commission in the Old Testament. And on Wednesday, we'll talk about the Great Commission in the New Testament. And on Sunday, we'll talk about the key aspect of the Great Commission. What I want you to see is, I want you to see this beyond just soul winning. Soul winning is part of it. But there is a bigger plan in the mind of God. And I see that uh, a lot of people struggle with the plan of God because they don't see the whole of creation and they don't see the whole of this human race as part of something that God wants to salvage. So, as far as I can get blessed, as far as my family is okay, as far as I have food to eat, I'm, I'm alright. And even when we go out to win souls, we are winning souls because we want God to reward us. Say, the more you are a soul winner, the more, if you attend to God's business, God will attend to your business. How many of you have heard that? And so, what is the motivation for going to soul winning? You want God to attend to your... Everything is profit and loss for you. So, let's, let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. So, you have to follow me very carefully because what I want to do this morning is to trace what you call the blessing of Abraham. How many of you have heard that song? My hands are blessed, my hands are blessed with the blessings of the Lord. Have you heard that song? Anything I touch. Huh? Surely must be blessed. <laughs> about you again. So I, I, I want to trace the concept of the Great Commission from the Old Testament and what the blessing of Abraham actually is. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God gives us a concept there. He says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky. And um, what now? And over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created him, male and female, he created them. So, follow me carefully. In Genesis chapter 1, we are introduced to a God who is thinking, planning, rational, not irrational. It's not a mystical figure. We are introduced to a God who has an agenda, who has a plan, who has a purpose, who is logical, and who created man solely as a reflection, pay attention to this, of his image and likeness. And man fell. Man fell. Alright? And 
committed high treason. Now, in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, God comes in the scene. Verse 15, And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Now observe, in Genesis chapter 3, God introduces to us that there will be two seeds on the earth. That is what is called the seed of God and the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman, sorry. And the seed of, of serpent, of the flesh. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise him on the hill. So, from Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, we are introduced to the battle of light and darkness, of the flesh and of the spirit, of the seed of the woman and the seed of, of the serpent. In that verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3, God tells us, what his plan is that redemption will be by the seed of the woman. You pay attention to that. Now take a pause at that. When Jesus died and resurrected, if you go to Luke chapter 24, let's go to Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. The day after Jesus resurrected, now because I, I, I want to go somewhere here, Jesus had two appearances. Alright? Um, he appeared on, on the day of the resurrection of Jesus. He had two appearances in the noon and in the evening. He appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And he also appeared to his own disciples. The, the disciples on the road to Emmaus and his own disciples. Now, in Luke chapter 24... Uh, Jesus did something interesting. When he appeared to his disciples, to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, he explained the scriptures to them. Now, when he explained the scriptures to them, there was no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So what Jesus did was actually, he explained the Old Testament to them. So, let's look at the explanation Jesus gave concerning the Old Testament when he appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Verse 25, Luke 24, 25. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it unnecessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27. Then beginning with Moses... When he said beginning with Moses there, what it means is beginning with the law. And with all the prophets. So he was talking about the law and all the prophets. He explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. That tells us that all of scriptures is talking about Christ. All of scriptures. I know a lot of ministers don't 
like to go to the Old Testament. And even when they go to the Old Testament, they pick courses and prayer points from me. They don't see Christ in the Old Testament. Alright? Now, and the challenge there is because we don't have a very strong background in understanding the Old Testament. It affects our perspective. I mean, a lot of ministers spend time in the New Testament and the Pauline Epistles, which is very good, but then you have people who don't know what to do with the Old Testament. You know, a lot of believers don't know what to do with the Old Testament. A lot of believers don't know what to do with the book of Revelation. Alright? Now, look at this now. So, it goes on to say, He explains to them the things concerning Himself in all of Scriptures. So, that means, all of Scriptures need to be explained as Christ the center. So, there is the Christology of Scriptures. Meaning that when we see the Bible... All of scriptures is talking about Christ. Okay. Now, he, he talks to his disciples again in verse 44. So, the two appearances of Jesus. So, do you realize that when Jesus appeared, after he rose from the dead, all he did to the disciples was to explain the Old Testament to them again concerning himself. That's all he did. Okay. Now, go on. He says, now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses. So here he uses the word, the law of Moses, but if you read the other verse 27, it says beginning with Moses, so it's the same thing. And the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then, look at this, he opened their what? He opened their what? He opened their understanding. But if you read the... This is the... Uh, this is New King James. How, how did you get here? I was wondering. <laughs> he opened their minds. New American Standard Bible. Except otherwise stated. And he opened their minds to understand the what? The scriptures. Or that they might comprehend the scriptures. He opened their understanding. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now, listen, pay attention to this. How did he open their minds? By explanation of seeing himself in what? The, the law of Moses, the prophet, and what? The law of Moses, the prophet, and what? And the Psalms. And he said to them, First it is written that Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, verse 47, and that repentance for forgiveness of sin will be proclaimed in, in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Please pay attention to this verse. The, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, when he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel from, uh, uh, from Judea, Jerusalem to the uttermost part of the earth, that was not the first time that that commission was released. That wasn't the first time. That that intention was mentioned. 
That's not the first time that the mind of God concerning His name for salvation to be proclaimed in all nations beginning from Jerusalem, it did not start in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. That's the one we know so much, but it didn't start there. So we understand even from Luke chapter 24 verse 47 that God had intentionally from the beginning of the world stated that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Are you still here? Now, the Bible is not a book that talks about missions. The Bible is about the mission of God. It, 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 the Bible is not a book where once in a while it encourages us to do so winning. It encourages us to do missions. No. The Bible actually is what is about the mission of God. How you read the Bible matters. If you read it from a selfish point of view, everything you will see in the Bible is about yourself. But if you read it from God's point of view, everything you will see in the Bible is about what? Missions. Praise God. Where's your notes? Why are you not writing? You're writing on your phone. All right. Go, go, go with me to Genesis chapter 12. Let's start this now. Because this idea of me teaching and you're looking at me like I'm acting drama will not work for me. So, except you're a first-timer, if you're a member of this church, I expect that you should have your church note. Well written, well documented. Genesis chapter 12. Now, I know we all know this story, but I want us to, to trace something here. Genesis chapter 12. Now, the Lord said to Abram, <laughs> You know, his name was Abram. Before God changed his name to Abraham, he gave him the hitch. Hmm. Gave him part of his name. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I'll show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Please observe that word bless. Forget about what you know about the word before. Just observe it. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. Please pay attention to the very last line. Pay attention to the very last line. And in you, how many? How many? All what? All the families of the earth will be blessed. Pause. Many times when we read this scripture from what we have learned before, what comes to our mind? Through us, a lot of people will go to school. Am I right? I'm not right again. Or through us, a lot of orphans we feed. Am I right? 
That's what we think. That's what we talk about when we read this. We say, through you shall the families of the earth be blessed. Is that what God is saying? Is God saying that through Abraham, everybody in the world will eat food? Do you think that's the concern of God about this particular phrase? That all the nations of the earth will be blessed through Abraham. When man fell, what you observe, pay attention closely to this, is that God begins to pick one man and walk with him. So, man fell, Noah found grace in God's sight. And God walks with Noah to execute a purpose. And Noah didn't meet up. And he picks again. And from there you see God is doing something. God is constantly perpetuating a man through whom he reveals himself. And, 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 and the reason I'm, I'm coming from this perspective, I could just come here this Sunday morning and say the Great Commission is, let's all go out there, let's win souls, let's populate heaven, let's do this. And that's not strong enough motivation. It's not strong enough motivation because God's idea is not just to populate heaven. God has a redemptive plan for the whole of humanity. If you see yourself that I have received salvation and I am now part of that plan to bring salvation to others, so winning will no longer be a concern. It's never a department in church. It's part of God's plan. If you see that, hey, if I don't follow this, God's plan for the ages is stopped. It will change the way you think. Now he says, pay attention to that last phrase I said. In you, all the families of the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Okay. Now, go to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 18. Go to Genesis 18 verse 18. Now he's called Abraham. Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation. Look at that phrase again. What's the phrase we're looking at? All the nations of the earth will be blessed. Keep that phrase. It's a very powerful phrase. It's a very powerful phrase. It says, verse 17 says, The Lord says, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great nation, great and mighty nation, and in him all nations of the earth will be blessed. Again, he repeats that phrase. Because, verse 19 says, For I have chosen him. So that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. So that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken. Did you see that? He says, I have chosen Abraham and he is going to command his children and his household to keep after my law. To keep after my word. To do righteousness. And that what, what I've spoken to Abraham, I'll bring you to pass. 
So you see God repeating that phrase again. That through his choosing Abraham, all nations, all families of the earth will be blessed. Okay. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Go to verse 18 again. We can start reading from verse 16. And see the consistency of God speaking to Abraham. Now, this was when Abraham went to offer Isaac in the mount. Verse 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Look at verse 17. Indeed, I greatly bless you and I greatly multiply your seed. As the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have done what? Obeyed my voice. Did you see that again? Now, observe. There's a progression. There's a progression. How many of you observe the progression? What's the progression? Let me see if you are paying attention. I know you are paying attention, but just maybe extra attention. Perfect. 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 He, he kept saying, through you, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, you watch this now, the progression has come to in your seed. In your seed. In your seed. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, I'll show you something here. Thank you, Lord. Now go on to. Um, you realize something, right? Um, Genesis chapter twenty-six. I wanted to show you something in Genesis chapter thirteen. You look at Genesis chapter thirteen, verse two. You see that the scripture says, "Now Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold." Now Abraham was very rich in Genesis thirteen, verse two, in silver and in livestock and in gold, but. As Abraham progressed, God keeps telling him he will be blessed. Which simply means that the blessing God was referring to was not livestock and gold. It was something stronger. Okay? Now, let's go to Genesis 26 verse 4. Are you following this? Alright. I won't rush this. I'm going to follow it very carefully. So you can see that as God is speaking to Abraham, God is speaking about a plan. God has something in mind. So you realize that when God called Abraham, he didn't just call Abraham to make him rich. He called Abraham because Abraham fits into his plan. I, I don't know, those of you who watch football, right? You realize that some coaches will say, this style of football, this player doesn't fit into my plan. The player might be good, but then they do what? They go out to the transfer market and they buy what? They get a player who fits uh, 
let's say, for instance, somebody like Jose Monrio, it's a very defensive coach. He likes tall players. He likes African players. He likes players who almost like they are fighting. All right? So if he's got a weak person on his team, what does he do? He goes out and buys those kind of players. Now imagine, pay attention to this, imagine that player comes into the field and starts playing what he likes and starts saying, thank you for buying me to this team. Thank you so much. I'm grateful. Now that player is happy, but is the coach happy? I didn't hear you. That player is happy. Is the coach happy? You know that's how some, some Christians are? Thank you for saving me. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Lord, I'm believing you for a car. I'm believing you for a house. I'm believing you for a wife. I'm believing you for this. Oh, Lord, more prosperity. You are happy. The question is, is God happy? Do you know that almost unconsciously we've taught people that our happiness is God's happiness? So we teach, listen carefully to this, we teach the goodness of God as the fulfillment of our desires. So they, you know, God is good. He's extravagant. He's a magnanimous God. He just wants to bless you. God just wants to load you with benefit. What's that load for? Why does God want to load you? Why does God want you rich? Why does God want you healthy? Is it because God is trying to just show his power? Or this God has a plan? Is there a plan? In all of this, does God have a mission on the earth? Are you here? Does God have a big mission? Do you think God has a big mission? Is there a great commission that we can see from the Old Testament? It will change how you see yourself. It will change what you do. It will change how you approach scriptures. Look at Genesis 26, verse 4. Now, this is Isaac. This is Isaac. There was famine in the land, and Isaac wanted to run. Go. Verse 4, God said to him, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And we give your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants, or by your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's what God told Abraham. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my child, my command, my status, and my laws. Go to Genesis 28 and verse 14. Genesis 28 and verse 14. This is Jacob. God has said the same thing. If you observe, God is not changing his words. The words are consistent in every what? Generation. He's repeating them. Because it's still part of the plan. It's still one big plan. You know... Serving God sometimes looks like a burden because we have not actually repented. Hmm? When you actually accept the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus into your life, the world will lose meaning to you. It will. It will. 
it will lose meaning. If you are actually born again, it will lose meaning to you. You would, you would see how desperate the world needs Jesus. It will, it will, it will, it will affect everything you do. I'll insist again, and I say it everywhere I have the opportunity. I'll insist again. Many people got into church without hearing the gospel. They have no idea what the good news of Jesus is. The good news of Jesus in the Great Commission, it's not just the forgiveness of sin, it's the discipling of the nations. So they become students of Christ. You shouldn't be a believer who, if people look at, they are not sure if you're born again. They are, they are not sure. The only reason they are sure is the sticker of your church. I have quote-unquote church members who sit in my office. Right? Asking for one thing or the other. And lie to me directly. Lies, lies. I know they're lying. They'll lie. They're born again. How does that work? You know, if you can lie to your pastor, that means there's nobody you can't lie to. Hmm? You know, we've come to a point where you can be in the car going somewhere, you are not ready, and somebody calls you, and you say, oh, I'm on my way, I'm by roundabout. And nobody around you thinks it's a lie. It, it's just normal. It, you know, it, as I'm citing it as an example, you are wondering what is wrong with it. Have you ever traveled in a public vehicle? Where in one vehicle going to, let's say Ugeli for instance, there are people there going to Lagos. There are people there still in Portacot. In that moving vehicle. Uh, where are you? I'm still at Choba. I've not left the, in the vehicle that you are in. And everybody there prayed before they started the journey. You know, sometimes I think God just sits down and wonders. And it's all because how we got into the church was a problem-solving door. If you need something, God will do it for you. And so we all just came to God. Many of us did not even comprehend the implication of the decision of salvation. That if I am saved... I'll have to make this decision. People got born again, right? And ended relationships. So oh, why are you ending this relationship? I'm not born again. Am I right? This month will be tough. Hmm? And what we are dealing with in the 21st century church... Is don't help have girlfriends, and it's a problem. I've even heard people say, "Why don't you have a girlfriend? Are they stopping you?" And you want somebody, an adult who is mature, to have a girlfriend with non-sexual relationship or a boyfriend with no sexual relationship, all right, for five years. The person is not ready for marriage, but just to have someone, you have someone by your side, so that when you are emotionally down, somebody to lean on. 
The Holy Spirit who is your comforter is not enough anymore. And, and unconsciously, it's okay for us now. We can't talk about... We will get there. And, and, and we want to win people. To what exactly? Is it, let's ask ourselves an honest question. Is it about the seats in our churches getting filled with thousands of people and there's no character transformation? What is the goal of Christianity? Is the goal of Christianity how rich you are, how prosperous you are, or the goal of Christianity is becoming more like Christ? What's the goal? Is the Great Commission still big in the eyes of the church? And this is what we want to explore this month. We want to look at it patiently. So that even me as a pastor and you listening, let's see where we fit in the great command that our Lord Jesus Christ gave to us and in the plan of God. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 4. I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And give your descendant all his land. <clears throat> and by your descendant, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Observe that same phrase. All nations of the earth shall be blessed. God wants every nation blessed. Genesis chapter 28 and verse 14. Are you learning something this morning? God's plan. God has a plan. It's a big plan. And God wants all of us to be part of that plan. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. God wants all of us to be part of that plan, child of God. There is an agenda in God's mind. It should become our agenda. It should become our very life. And God has had his plan right from Genesis down. To our own day. Genesis 28 verse 14. This is Jacob now. Jacob's dream. Remember when Jacob huh, put his head on a stone? He Hello. Alright. And he saw what? Saw a ladder. <laughs> the ladder was going up down between heaven and earth and saw angels ascending and descending on that ladder God spoke to him Genesis 24 28 verse 14 your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth and you would spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you and in your descendant or your seed Shall all the families of the earth be blessed? God said these words to Abraham. He said the same words to Isaac. And said the same words to Jacob. What is the blessing of Abraham? What is the blessing of Abraham that the whole families of the earth will be blessed by it? Go to Acts chapter 3 verse 25. Thank you Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 3 verse 25. We need 
urgent help in the body of Christ. Hmm? Gradually. You see, now, sometimes, <laughs> you see all kinds of stuff just going on, right? We bring all kinds of comedians to come to church to make us happy. Hmm? So a comedian will just finish performing in uh, I don't want to mention any brand, but just finish performing in one kind of crazy brand on Friday night into Saturday. And it flies down quickly, right? To catch up with our Sunday service and perform on Sunday. And we give this comedian a VIP treatment. Hmm? We give the, the comedian a VIP treatment to perform, make us happy. Say, what is there? If that is how people can even come to church, praise God. If, that, if, it, that, if that's what's going to make people come to church, why not? Huh? Why not? Then the people come. Right? And then they hear this comedian laugh. And you know most of the people who come and those who couldn't pay the gate tickets. Because there he was charging table for two, 100,000. Say, don't worry, don't bother to go on Sunday. It's coming to... It's the same joke we crack. Then the comedian stands up and makes fun, first of all, of the pastor. Hmm? Makes fun of the pastor. Makes fun of speaking in tongues. Makes fun of our songs. Hmm? Change songs that God has given to us. Change it. And we laugh. It's very funny. It's funny die. <laughs> and then the pastor comes. And then if you want your life to be as happy, you cannot have this permanent laughter except you accept Jesus. How many of you want to be born again? Say, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to laugh? <laughs> or maybe on your way today, a trailer can just hit you. You will not be able to laugh like this again. And the man gets born again. He has no idea of the gospel. He has no idea of what it means. You've just painted a picture of heaven that is very esoteric. Very, very esoteric. You've just painted a picture of heaven with a very faulty eschatology. Say this gold you cannot wear on earth. It is sand in heaven. It's sand. It's sand. Hey, we don't want to walk on gold. I'm here. Did Jesus ever preach that to anyone? Go and read the book of Acts. And saw how people got born again. When, when, we're going to read it. When, when Peter was preaching, he talked about the plan of God right from Genesis up until the prophecy of Joel. And the Bible says they were caught to their heart and they asked, what shall we do that we might be saved? They heard the message. They saw their depravity. We have to return back to apostolic Christianity. Even as pastors, our ambition for large churches, more people, has made us to dilute the message. We have to choose. Either we just want the crowds, or we want to proclaim the truth of, of, of the Lord. And the truth of the Lord will bring crowds. I'm not saying it wouldn't bring crowds. Because I actually believe in this world, there are people who want to hear the truth of God's word. 
I think you're one of them. Just only three people. I said, I think you're one of them. There is a plan. What's the blessing of Abraham? What's the blessing of Abraham? Acts chapter 3. Do you realize this was Peter's second sermon was preaching? Hmm? If you look at from verse 11, please go home. Write it down. Go home. Read it. Spend some time to read it. Started preaching from verse 11. Do you realize that the same gospel that we toy with uh, is the same gospel people heard and they offered them deliverance. Read Hebrews chapter 11. I'm hoping that one day we can spend time on Hebrews chapter 11. They were offered deliverance and they said, no, don't, don't set us free. Three Hebrew, Hebrew boys in the front of a whole nation say we will not bow. The same God. And it, they hit the fire seven times. Right? I was, you know, I was telling my wife, I was hitting something on the microwave, so I tried to remove the stuff and then the steam just burnt my hand a bit. So I told, that's why I don't like kitchen things. Nothing should cause pain in the New Jerusalem. I mean, that's just steam. Do you think if they tell me that they are going to hit fire seven times, I'll still wear suit and preach? No, ask yourself. Don't, don't forget about me. Think of it as you are here. Huh? They hit fire seven times. That the person who is going to throw you in, think of it. Let's spend a minute to think of it. The person who is going to throw you in got burnt. They throw the first person in. The person who then you. This is the Christianity you cannot defend because of Samsung phone. Oh. That you are in a relationship because of Android. And the boy tells you, if you love me, you, so your, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only because of your own, your own version is, for God so loved me, he threw this boy, gave me a Samsung phone that my legs shall be open. And yet you are a worker. You are working. Working for the devil in the house of God. And when you say this thing, people say, oh, don't condemn, don't condemn. Can you keep quiet? Did Jesus die so you could live unto yourself? Why are we so scared of talking about sin from the pulpit? Why are we afraid? If you are not, it wouldn't condemn you. And any little, oh, don't condemn. Who are you? Who are you? And, and all that is to build a shell against the truth. You know when Jesus met that woman caught in adultery? Jesus didn't condemn her. He said, where are your accusers? But do you remember that's the only thing we preach about? What's the next word Jesus told her? What the next, what's the next thing Jesus said? Go and sin no more. That's not only what Jesus said. Complete that verse. You don't know. Because the only one you tell there is, who is there to condemn you? And you stop there. That's not the only thing Jesus said. You go home and find it. I'm not going to show you. And see what Jesus taught. Did Jesus command men to repent from their sins? He did. 
Did Jesus flog those in the temple and drove people away? He did. Did he say in the times of ignorance, he winked, but now he commands men everywhere to turn from their sins? He did. Jesus is not just the personification of grace. He is grace and truth. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? And that's why we find it difficult to win souls. The number one reason why believers find it, to, find it difficult to win souls is their lifestyle. Because the people they need to win are their best friends. We will get there. This month will be hot. It will burn. Hmm? A church member, they have arranged girl for you. You now say you want to tell the guy to come to church. Which mouth will you use to tell him? That's the problem. The number one, see, the number one way of carrying out the Great Commission is for you to be a light in a dark and a perverse world. Even if you don't preach, your light will draw men to Christ. That issue of light. And that is why we cannot talk about the Great Commission without discipleship. It's not just filling churches. It's what? Discipleship. You become a disciple of Christ. And that word disciple means a disciplined learner. That's why you see when they met the, the, the disciples, they said they had noticed that they had been with Jesus. They knew they followed a the man. Hmm? Just like when Malians stop wearing belt. Hmm? <laughs> As a disciple, huh? or Malians disciples, you know them, right? Say, we are Malians, and they stop wearing belt. That's, that's discipleship. That's exactly what discipleship is. Hmm? In those days, when people had this dreadlock head, they used to cut it, or leave it, they feel it. Uh, Evil or something. Hmm? Until Bob Malia and Raskimono came and they made it a thing of joy. That people willingly go to the saloon and take a hold of it. That's discipleship. Hmm? See somebody who was born in Bonnie who likes reggae music, who start doing yo man, yo man, yo man. That's discipleship. Because discipleship will affect your look, it will affect your tongue, it will affect what you like. You were not born in Jamaica, never been there, you don't have an international passport, but you, you speak Jamaican English more than uh, uh, somebody who was born in Jamaica because you constantly are fed from your spiritual father, uh, Bob Mali. If you listen to his messages and his songs until your spirit now is, is, is like his, and then you talk like him, you, before you do anything, you started jumping and scattering your hair. How did you? That's discipleship. You are, you are a disciple of Bob Mali. That's what it means. Are you following what I'm saying now? We'll get there. And by the time we get there, you will now ask yourself, whose disciple are you? Because we are all disciples of someone, and if we choose not to be a disciple of Christ, somebody is discipling you. Are we still together? Are you? Are you? This is Valentine month, so I'm, I'm reaching you with love from the pulpit. <laughs> this is with love from the pulpit. 
It's a red month, the bloody month, month of love. Glory to God. Right, Acts chapter 3, let's tie this up. Acts chapter 3, quickly. Acts chapter 3, verse 27. But are you understanding where we're going with this? We are going with seeing the mind of God and sitting it. So that the grace of God enables us to do what? To live this life. It doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. But your mistakes don't become where you cover up. Your mistakes are where you open up to the Lord and the grace of God enables you. And when people see how you are able to overcome those mistakes, it becomes a light to them. You that used to be this, and they look at your life and say, Oh, how come you're able to live free from this? That grace becomes a drawing point to them. Praise God. Acts chapter 3 verse 1, 25. Let's trace, let's trace this now. <laughs> verse 25. It is you, Peter was preaching, who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers. Observe the word fathers, plural. The fathers will be who now? Abraham, Isaac, and what? So the Bible calls that word a covenant. Right? The covenant he made. Now, <laughs> this is good. Saying to Abraham, now, are you seeing that word in bold? Bracket there in the screen? On the screen, rather? Did you see that? What did God say to Abraham? And in your seed, what? All the families of the earth shall be what? Blessed. Did you see that Peter now picks up that phrase? I said you should pay attention to. Because in all the words that um, God spoke to the fathers, that's the key phrase. Now, Peter defines it. Go to the next verse. For first, God raised up his servants. If you are writing, in the place of that, if you want to study that more, you can read Matthew 15, 24. Matthew 15, 24. John 4, 22. And Acts 13, 4 to 6. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm going to see something here. Are we going to read that? Yeah, we'll read it in Luke. Okay. Matthew 15, 24. John 4, 22. Acts 13, 46. Let's, let's go through this quickly. For you first, God raised up his servant and sent him to do what? Hey, hey, everyone, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Look at this. He sent him to do what? To bless you. What is the blessing? Can you see the definition of the blessing? He didn't send his son to bless you so you can have a car. He didn't send his son to bless you so you can have more children. What is the blessing? To turn what? Every one of you from your wicked ways. So the blessing of Abraham is salvation. And through this, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So when I say all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, what comes to your mind now from this perspective? All the families of the earth shall turn from their ways to righteousness. That's salvation. This is the blessing of Abraham. This is the blessing of Abraham. The blessing. So when you say... God, 
You know, he said, to me, God wants to bless the whole earth. What God wants to do is that he wants to, through you, turn people from their wicked ways. See, God's agenda on the earth is that people be turned from their wicked ways. Hmm? There are many of you here that we're not from the same town. We're not, we don't have, we're not from the same ethnic group as it were. Right? But I can trust you with my life. I can allow you to come to my home, do stuff. Why would I give you that level of trust? Because the blood of Jesus makes us one. So imagine if everybody in the world was like that. Where would there be civil wars? Where would there be kidnappings and killings? It won't be there. The solution to the world's problem is no more employment. There are people who are unemployed and not stealing. Huh? Or you are stealing. First, need to be clear. The way you are quiet. There are people who are unemployed and not stealing. There are people who know they live with rich people and they are not planning to use them as, uh, as whatever, ritual killing or whatever. There are people who have been employed for years. They are not doing internet fraud. Why? Their conscience cannot allow them. They are born of the Spirit of God. So, um, giving an excuse for people's wickedness is excusing the devil. People do wicked things because they are the sons of the devil. Because they are on the fallen nature. The seed of a serpent. That's why the gospel needs to be preached. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Verse 37. Acts 2, 37 to 39. Now when they heard this, they were pierced. Oh, this is Peter's sermon, the first sermon. Now when they heard this, Huh? They were pierced to their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the, of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, Peter said, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. We are the all who are far off. As many as the Lord our God will call to himself. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2. There's beauty in living the Christian life, I'm telling you. The grace of God is amazing. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12 to 14. Ephesians 2, 12 to 14. It was talking about us. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise. Remember the covenant Peter talked about? Hey, remember that? What's that covenant? Through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. We were estranged from that covenant because it was only given to Israel until Jesus died. Alright? Having no hope and without God. Verse 13. But now, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, we are born again. We are now one new man in Christ. There's no longer Jews nor Gentiles. Galatians 3.8 Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8 
Thank you, Father. Galatians 3. This is so amazing. Look at this. Interesting. Verse 7. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. So, the sons of Abraham right, right now are not just the Jews in Palestine. Those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. The Holy Land is not just Israel. Where you're standing is holy ground. Because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. Praise God. Verse 8. The scripture foreseen. Look at that word. What does the word foresee means? Foresight. To see beforehand. Right? Foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles by faith. Who are the Gentiles? We. Right? That's now see, follow the scripture carefully. Foreseeing that God is going to justify us. Somebody say, no, I'm not a Gentile, I'm an Ibani man. My friend, relax. You are a Gentile, Ibani. Alright, so foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles by faith, preached what? To Abraham. The, what did God preach to Abraham? And what was that gospel? Did you see that? So when God said all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you, God was not giving Abraham a promise of material wealth. He was preaching the gospel to Abraham. He was teaching him the good news. That through you, Jesus is going to come. Jesus will come from you. And from you, all the nations will be blessed. So the scripture tells us that God, for knowing what's going to happen in 2022, preached the gospel to Abraham. So the first man to hear the gospel was Abraham. That is why when he believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. When you also believe the gospel, the same righteousness you have was the same one that Abraham had even in the Old Testament because he was the first man to hear the gospel. Are you hearing this? So Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. When you hear the gospel today also, you believe God. Righteousness is credited to your account. This righteousness is devoid of your works. It's not what you earn. It's the gift of life. It's the gift of God. The gospel, that phrase there, all the nations will be blessed in you. That's the gospel. Because, hmm? let me stop here. I'll, I'll show you one more scripture and I'll stop. Because, and now I'm sending a warning. Because, what we are now, where we are now going as churches, hmm? we are now entering into what you call the social gospel. Where our primary concern is feeding the poor, taking care of orphans. A very good thing, very good. Jesus told us to do it. But you know, that's now taking preeminence over preaching. God will say, if somebody is hungry, he will not hear the gospel. Not a problem. Even Jesus fed 5,000 people. Go and read your Bible very well. He fed them after they had followed him for three days. He didn't feed them so that they would follow him. He fed them after they had followed him. Three days. This was hearing the word. It was a three days conference. At the end, he said, let's give them food. 
Then he fed them. Then the next time again, the scripture said before Jesus got to the other side, they had crossed boats. See, our master, <laughs> a conference, conference, <laughs> we thought we have convention today. Jesus now told them that, see, I know why you are following me. I know. It's because you ate bread. He says, but I'm the bread that comes from heaven. I'm the true bread. You have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. <laughs> Guys, say, hey, we, we didn't know we were following ritual killer. <laughs> they left him. They left him. They left him. Jesus now turned to Peter. I said, will you also go away? Peter now said something. He says, to whom shall, you, shall we go? For you have the word of truth. If, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Most of the people doing those works, if those churches stop those works, those churches will go down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I've told myself, I won't start with that leg. This issue of, there's nothing wrong with paying rent in front of TV, buying rice in front of TV, helping people in front of TV. When the Lord Jesus Christ told us to do our works in secret, that our God who sees in secret will reward us. This thing we are doing, this thing we are doing, God will have mercy on us. And don't think I'm poor. Don't by any standard. Let nothing in this, let nothing cross your mind to think I'm a poor preacher. Don't try it in your thoughts. Can't tell you what I do with money. You don't know how much money I have. So don't say, it's because he has no, don't let the devil speak to you. I'm not pouring any standard. Don't try it. Don't use that as an excuse to reject the truth I'm saying. Don't, I am not poor in any standard. Not at all. So don't think that because we are not giving people envelopes here, we are not doing stuff. Don't try that nonsense. Don't let the devil get into your brain. Because until people come out and flaunt what they have, even as Christians, we are allowing the world drag us into public space. I'll tell you, in this church, we will have people who will be millionaires, who will fund the gospel and do charity and be quiet. I didn't hear amen to that. If you think the day is going to come where we are going to announce everything we are doing, that day will not come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, we will return back to what this book teaches us. We will return back to authentic apostolic Christianity. So that the souls of men will be saved. Was Abraham poor? No, he wasn't. No, my God. Abraham wasn't. 318 servants were eating in his house every day. Calculate that. No, calculate that. But do you realize that was not the emphasis that God showed us about his life? That's where I'm going. We will be rich. Very rich. But that will not be our emphasis. Our emphasis will be in continuing the redemptive work of God. Making sure that souls are saved. That your brother you are helping preach the gospel to him. That your brother you are sending to school, send the gospel to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That child you are helping, give them the gospel. Let people have the opportunity to rescue their soul from damnation. We can't be good to people and ignore their soul. That's your friend, preach to him. And I'll tell you, if you start preaching, you'll start living right. It will compel you. Hallelujah. Come on, are you blessed? Let's read one more scripture. Luke chapter 2. You know, when you preach some message, don't worry. It's where you have money, you will know. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 32. Do you know there are many people Jesus helped that are not recorded in the scripture? The, on the, the last supper, when, um, <laughs> when uh, what's this man now, the guy that was stealing money? Judas Iscariot, eh? when he got up, what did the disciples say? Say they thought that Jesus had sent him to give something to the poor. You see, imagine our brother gets up and goes out and you think we sent him to give something to the poor. That means it was something we're doing so regular that for him to get up and you think that way, it means it was a lifestyle. Do you realize all those poor people Jesus gave to, there was no record of it? Hmm? You know, we Pentecostals were very loud. Do you know how much charity Catholic Church is involved in? Huh? Catholic and Anglican Church. Some, some of those Catholic and Anglican churches have lep- lepers colony that they are solely responsible to, for. Not just finance, but even workers. Do you know how many Catholic nuns are working among the poorest of the world helping? Small orphanage, Facebook will be full. Everywhere, just loud. Eh? Buy car, everywhere. Why, why are we like this? It, and I tell you, it's inferiority complex. Because there's a kind of low self-esteem you will have that anything you do, you want others to do. Don't be, that's not a Christian. A Christian is conservative. The light that God wants you to show the world is the light of the saving knowledge of Jesus. Are you still here? Luke chapter 2 verse 32. Let's look at verse 30. So when they were dedicating Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Father. Let's read from verse 27. Oh thank you Father. And he came in the spirit into the temple, Simeon. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the Lord, then he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, this was Simeon praying over baby Jesus. Now Lord, you are releasing your bond servant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. When he had Jesus in his hands, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Look at this. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus was called the light to the Gentiles. Jesus the seed of Abraham that came so that all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can we read one more last scripture final closing? Galatians 3 verse 13. Thank you Father. Oh praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's look at verse. Oh wait, 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 wait. this is so good. Can we read from verse 6 very quickly everybody. Galatians chapter 3 verse 6, quickly. Even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Okay? Are you there? Alright. Therefore be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Did you see? The Bible refers to Abraham as a believer. <laughs> Why? Because he believed God's word. 
Verse 10. For as many as of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. Verse 11. Now that no one is justified by the law. So keeping the law doesn't justify. We are not righteous by works. Very clear. We must be clear on that. Before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Verse 13. Look at this. Christ redeemed us. From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is he, as everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, everybody, let's read it loud and clear. One to go. In order that in Christ, I can hear you, Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Did you see the blessing of Abraham there? Came through Jesus. Salvation. Praise God. So next time when you sing, verse 16, quickly. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He, he does not say unto seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed. That is Christ. So when God told Abraham, through your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He was saying, through Jesus Christ, everyone will be blessed. So next time when you sing, my hands are blessed with the blessings of God. And you say, anyone I touch, it shouldn't just be when you touch them, they'll have cars. Touch them, you give them salvation. Charlie must be blessed. Alright? And don't carry that blessing on things. Don't say, anything I touch, Charlie must. No, no, no. no. Don't preach to things. Preach to people. Anyone I touch. That's why your theology informs your songs. Hmm? Are you blessed? Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that these truths will come into our hearts. And by the Spirit of grace, I decree and declare that the blessing of God will rest upon us mightily. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Let's, um, let's go over our streaming channels. We want to have a vision Sunday. I'll just share with you in 10 minutes. Let's go off the... Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.